Welcome to Season 2 of Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics relevant to all areas of their life. Hi, Joanne. How are you? I'm really good, Sandy. And you? I'm good. I have a special guest sitting across from me today. I'm looking forward to this interview. Actually, I'm a little anxious about this interview because... I know this guest really, really well. It, in fact, I live with him, so you know I'm hoping I'm hoping the interview goes well, so there's no fallout after. But I, I'm not anticipating any issues. So you guessed, I'm here with Brian, and we asked Brian to be on our our podcast because we wanted to talk about a book he wrote that's been very influential in my life, obviously in my family's life. And I think it's a really good topic for us to talk about with our, with our um, reframers. So Brian wrote a book on expectations called What Do You Expect? And I'm just going to give you a little bit of his professional bio. So I don't usually introduce my husband this way, but a special day today. So Brian is a writer, a speaker, and a coach. And he has been a pastor at three churches over 25 years and before that he worked as an art supervisor for a publishing company and from those two occupations he really understood there was a need for people to manage expectations and understand their expectations and he'll explain this in better detail but he has learned a lot in his career he works as a transition coach now and he works with churches and other organizations that are going through major transitions. And a big part of what he does is help them to understand expectations. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's just something that has really become more at the forefront of my thinking. And I think it's something that we need to explore. Welcome, Brian. Really great to have you on. Thank you. Good um, to be here. <laughs> I have to share with the listeners that I, I'm actually not in the presence of Sandy and Brian at the moment. So I wish I was because I'm wondering what kind of faces and smiles are happening as we as we go through the conversation. <laughs> nothing, you know, when nothing. Brian tells some stories, sorry, when Brian tells some stories, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, he is sitting across from me, so I can kick him under the table. So when I, when I need to, or if I need to. I'm ready. <laughs> So, Brian, uh, I have read your book as well, and we heard a little bit from Sandy that because of your previous work, you you um, thought it would be good to write a book, but I'm, I'm curious to learn, yeah, was there a certain uh, time in your life with your past experience or a pivotal moment that you thought, yeah, I really need to do this? Well, Joanne, it, uh, to reminisce about it, it, it probably was a theme of my life right from my childhood. Uh, that I actually, it, it grew out of the very struggle to uh, manage expectations all my life. It always seemed to be a theme in my life. It began when when my uh, dad passed away when I was very young, and, and I just didn't know what to expect. I wasn't growing up like all my friends. I didn't have a, a father at home, and, and I kind of got confused about what to expect. And, and so it, it all it became a theme of my life. And then when I got into leadership, whether uh, from working in an art department in a publishing company to actually running the art department and managing the expectations of the the uh, company and the 
authors and all just the multiple expectations leaving that to go into the ministry and again finding multiple expectations uh, and often unrealistic ones uh, it came to a point in my life where I said I need to write something for me and actually I, I created a uh, process uh, that that the book highlights and, and that I work through in the book and it's what I teach in seminars or in consulting or coaching. Uh, it's a process to help people follow through on their expectations and understand them and manage them. So that's my background. It's I really, as I say to people, I wrote the book for me. I've read it. I'm on my fourth time through it. I need it as, as much, if not more, than anybody. I love that you uh, alluded to the process, and we want to get to that today. One of the biggest things I say. To my husband, when things don't quite work out as I thought, mm-hmm. I say, it didn't meet my expectations. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so, um, I'm, yeah, trying to verbalize that. So just to throw in with another question, though, uh, what, like, what does it mean, expectation? You know, we throw these words around. Sure. Um, what's your definition that you've... Uh, you've landed on before we get into some more well, detail. Well, yeah, I, and when I do a seminar or when you read the book, you'll see I kind of break it down to the fact that there, there's levels of expectation. I mean, obviously, and what I do is try to break it down to, yeah, there's a wish. You know, I, I use the story about somebody wanting to go on a trip and I say, well, you know, they can wish that they could be part of the trip that a group are planning but then if if it becomes a little more realistic, they might be included and their hopes are built up on that and then their anticipation. And then finally, an expectation is, in, in my paradigm, an expectation is when there's an agreed upon outcome that, that you shouldn't really expect anything unless there's an agreement made in, in some way because otherwise you're setting yourself up. So, I mean, in, in sports, you know, current sports, baseball team I like just didn't make it to to the next level but you know we were hoping they would but there how could I couldn't expect them to with any guarantee so there was no guarantee but I I like an expectation to come with at least a guarantee between two or more parties or if if it's me aware that you know saying aware that Sandy has an expectation of me that I at least understand it and realize that's what I'm trying to meet is her expectation and he usually does meet my expectations, so it's so far so good. It's been, you know, over 30 years, and I think we've, we've been doing okay, so. She keeps them low. I keep them low. <laughs> she keeps them very low. We keep them verbalized is what we yes, do. Yes, she keeps them verbalized. Yes. That's the okay, key. Okay, so, yeah, I want to pick up on that. There is an agreement made, because oftentimes... It's around coming home or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, or I'll be home early. And I yes. say, okay. Yep. But what, what does I'll be home early mean? Like it, 10 it's... minutes earlier than you normally are? Or... Absolutely. And then often he's home yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's if we're very general, and, and it's funny you say that because I know when Sandy was out, I'm the worrier in the family, and when, when we were... <laughs> you know, young, young, newly married or whatever. And she'd be out and then she wasn't coming home. We did, it wasn't a cell phone texting time. And so I was worried about her and, and I kind of wondered. So, and I thought she was coming home around this time, but she may have said, well, we might go out after and we might do this. And, but I, I'm the worrier. So, 
Yeah, so I, again, I'm not trying to say, you know, you've got to be precise down to the minute, but at the same time, so in, in you know, the rea- reality is just what you said is, and, and how, what Sandy's accentuated there is the need to verbalize or vocalize them. In, in the process, we realize what our, our expectations are and analyze them to say, is that realistic? But then the decision comes, will I verbalize it or vocalize it? And, and at that point, should we agree on that? Should we synthesize it? So there's the process I, I, I'm introducing. Realizing what my expectation is, analyzing to say, is, is that a realistic one? And then bringing it out uh, if it is between myself and another person. So you've described the process. And as I was reading the book, I suppose I often think about it I'm a bit late to the party, if you like. I'm I'm realizing I'm realizing my expectations didn't get met, rather than doing the process that you've described before. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, this process that you developed could be used. I mean, obviously, we want to use it before because that's what you've defined an expectation as, an agreement's been made between two parties. It also could be used after as well if you want to use it as a learning opportunity. Oh, certainly. I, I mean, I it's. Before, after, I mean, if, if you're, if you, yeah, you, most of us are coming late to the party and need to kind of go back and, and sort things out. Um, one of the things I say in the book is, is that anger is my expectation alarm. So how do I know that I had an expectation or, or a wish or a hope or an anticipation? How do I know that I expected something and it wasn't met? Most often it's because I get angry. And that, that anger is that visceral reaction. It's just, it's a reaction within me. It's not, it's not a thought through response. It's just, I'm angry. And when I, so when I feel angry, I stop and say, what did, you know, I ask my question, as I say in the book, you know, what do you expect is the question that I need to ask and that we all need to ask. So I ask that question myself. So what did I expect? Did I expect someone to be here at a certain time? Did I expect that this would be done for me? What is it? Why am I angry? And is that a, you know, did we have an agreement or was that, did I just think that was going to happen? I had a a, um, expectation crisis or what do you call it? An expectation, unmet expectation today. So I went to the bank. I was just driving through. I was in a bit of a hurry. And when I got to the um the window I, I needed to deposit something there were no envelopes in the bank i use uses envelopes for your checks for de- being deposit and um so i had to go and then park and it's raining and i had to go in the bank so i went in and i deposited the check and then i wanted to tell someone there were no checks there but i couldn't find someone so then finally i found someone and I went up to to the guy and I said, hey, I just wanted to let you know at your drive-through, there are no envelopes for bank deposits. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll walk over in a bit and put some in there, like just so casual. And then I got in the car and I was fuming. I was just like, well, first of all, I expect there to be envelopes. And then I expect when I go in the bank that there'd be someone to help me. And then I expect that person would apologize to me for not being, you know, having their envelopes stocked. And I got in the car and I was like, well, there were a bunch of expectations. And and, and behind that all, exactly, you know, if we're speaking to to people with businesses or with organizations, whatever, if you're promising good service, 
And, 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 you know, you're saying, we're going to serve you. You're our customer. We love you. And we, and then you give them crappy or, or, you know, poor service. Um, that's an expectation unmet. Yeah. You're, and, and those add up. You just mentioned three things. They add up. So I think, yeah, I mean, this is where, you know, when people say, well, expectations, that's everybody knows about expectations. I think, yeah, you may know about them, but are you setting, are you setting realistic expectations and then meeting them? So people go, that's what they told me. That's what they did. And, you know, most often people recommend services and companies and and anything to me based on on uh, good uh, customer service. And good customer service, most often to me, is giving me realistic expectations and then meeting them. I'm going to be here at a certain time. I'm going to perform this function for you. It will cost you this much. And da da da. And when they fulfill that, I'm the first one who goes to other people and say, I'd use them. Exactly. I remember when I first started managing people and they weren't meeting my expectations and that was my issue because I yes. wasn't actually yes. verbalizing the expectations. And, you know, when you're in that position, part of it was I didn't know what to verbalize them or how to verbalize or what my expectations were. I mean, how do you say, well, I want you to do it like I do it or to the great quality that I do or something. Yeah, like, yeah no, that's not, that's not going to work. That's not going to be clear. And I'm sure you find this now and even Sandy, as we coach managers now, often – the, the most crucial issue between interpersonal relationships or staff not meeting their objectives and stuff is because things just aren't clear. They weren't set out clearly enough. Indeed. Um, and I think that that necessitates an ongoing conversation where both parties admit, I may not know exactly, you know, that always happened when I worked back in publishing and there, you know, we did three or four book cover designs or book uh designs for the inside of the book and they'd say no I don't like them and I said well, what do you want <laughs> literally that's a, the what do you expect question well I don't know what I want but I know what I don't want and it's that and I go okay well <laughs> that that you're really not giving me a lot of information but but the truth is that we may not know what we want I, I've heard yeah. that with advertising and I've heard that with scripts and things like that so when push comes to shove I think that's a realistic thing that people may not know so it necessitates ongoing conversation and and that's under the the final stage of, of expectations where it's synthesized uh, we're either agreeing or we're negotiating so I think sometimes we need to say hey we're in the negotiation stage we're figuring out what what to be expected and what and whether we'll agree on it. And I think if we just recognize that we're in that stage, we're negotiating, we're working it out, it's not a it's not a rock solid uh agreement and expectation, then we can move in that. But we're working toward that rock solid one. So we're they're saying this is gonna get done or this is gonna get uh, finished in this time so that we're we're working together in the project. So don't you find that there is, um, that people hesitate to state their expectations oh, though? Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. I, I find that um, with people that I work with that uh, there seems to be this kind of casual approach that we like to have in work and in life. And so having a conversation about our expectations for a lot of people can feel almost off-putting oh, or yeah. too intense. Yeah. And yet 
we know that if we don't have those conversations, we end up feeling disappointed or angry or upset or, or sometimes just kind of this feeling like it could have been better. Like you're not necessarily upset, but there's just maybe a more low level disappointment with people or with a situation. So how do you, how do people, so I'm thinking about specifically women listening to our podcast and, and some men as well who listen to our podcast. How do you encourage people to have those conversations up front? Well, and that's why I built it right into the plan. And, and I encourage, I mean, we're sitting here with a laminated copy of my thing and, and of my process. And I have one in my day timer. I still use a day timer. Love day timers. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Oh, you're not married to Sandy. Are yes, you? yes. The queen of day Paper timers. planners yes. are coming back. They're coming back. So, <laughs> but uh, but I I I have to mechanically work through these things. Saying you no, know, it, 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 when I'm dealing when I'm managing people because I'm still managing people all the time. So I have to realize and analyze, and then I've got to decide if I'm going to vocalize. And and you're right, Sandy. You're bang on there. It's the hardest thing because as soon as I come out with it, if I verbalize it or vocalize it, I'm out there. Someone may look at me and go, are you nuts? Are you weird? You know, where are you getting that from? So I I realized that it it put me out. I'm I'm exposing myself. I'm transparent. I'm vulnerable. I've, I've exposed my thinking. So I recognize that that can be awkward as well. The other side of it is what most often what couples will say to me is they just expect something. You know, and I always say with the kids, oh, did they expect you to be human ATM, right? And they say, yeah, but you know, my spouse just expects that I know this. You know, I say, well, yeah, I mean, obviously the whole idea of, of you know, that you're not a mind reader. I mean, that's a cliche in this whole area but the reality is 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 i learned i think very early in our relationship that if i didn't tell sandy what i expected i could never expect her to know what i was thinking or wanting or whatever and if something was going on and you know if she needed the car or or to go out or whatever and i realized that i am that's why i have to use a daytimer because i was so flying by the seat of my pants and so unorganized and she was so well organized she was one up on me with the calendar and the planner and everything i had to get my act together to uh follow up on it and to have realistic expectations together Uh, she's my mentor (laughs) that's so funny because well and i do think it is we've talked about personality and and um temperament on our program before and i think that there is you know certain types of people like to get clear and like to verbalize things more than other people and so it is a little bit about if if that isn't your comfort zone it is about having to see the benefits of verbalizing and becoming more expressive in what you need or what you want or what your expectations are and I think as well for feelers because you know I fall into that MBTI um range of being a feeler which means that I often am too concerned with how other people feel and uh, wanting everyone to to feel good and harmonious in a situation and sometimes putting your expectations out there can rock the boat a little bit oh definitely definitely but we can probably reframe it here too Sandy because I also think putting your expectations could be reframed to of service to others you're doing a bit of 
I call it customer service. I mean, you're not customers in a relationship, but you know, I guess I'm. That's my personality type, right? I'm coming in with my personality type. Very happy to hear people's expectations. Brian spoke about feeling that those visceral feelings, and I call them triggers. And I know when I get triggered, I think, okay, yeah, where did I fall down in this, and what kind of conversation do I need to have if I need to have it. I'm trying to, now that I'm more aware of how not having my expectations met, whether I've verbalized them or not, really triggers me, I'm trying to put them out there in advance. Leave the door open for that negotiation piece that you spoke about, um, Brian. And and that's what I say when I'm speaking with people. It's making a clear agreement. If you didn't make a clear agreement, then no one knows. Like you say, you can't read each other's minds. But it's funny that you mentioned the <laughs> the book one because whenever I've, in my previous work, whenever I've had to work with designers or communication specialists who are developing newsletters, um, you're normally giving them the raw material and you're engaging their creative process. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was exactly as you described. It would come back and go, hmm, yeah, not really sure about that. I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know what I do need or want, but I know I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was that, that was a weekly occurrence of, of five five years of my life in publishing, and uh, you know, I mean, we could laugh about it after the fact when we finally got the book published, but there were some tense moments. Joanne, you are really good at uh, managing expectations in your life. I was just thinking of recently, you and I had were out in a restaurant, and you sat down and you the waiter came over and he was explaining stuff on the menu and then you mentioned that you had already looked at the menu online before you even got to the restaurant (laughs) because you wanted to know what food there was and and to already have some idea of what you were going to eat and I was like wow that's really like that's that's an expectation thing that I walked in there like I don't know what they've got on the menu I don't know if there's going to be anything I want to eat but you know, when you do little things like that, when you're just proactive about looking at a menu before you go to a restaurant, then you really have that really helps your expectations. Yeah, that yeah, is that, that's a great example of applying managing expectations in a daily practice. Sandy's bang on there. That's exactly what what I encourage people to do is is build it in as a habit. You, you're doing it. It's great. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I don't always do it, but I'm doing it at a particular time because I'm trying to uh, be a little bit more sensitive about what I'm eating. So, of course, I was motivated mm-hmm. last night mm-hmm. to go, okay, you know, am I going to get there and go, oh, well, there's nothing really? Or, or mm-hmm. am I going to go, okay, I can kind of tweak this piece or sure. that, that menu. I certainly wasn't expecting that parking uh, meter, though, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> So we had, there was a, a parking meter that was just, it was, it was how to stall people because mm. there was a lineup, nobody <laughs> could figure it out. You had to put in your license plate. It just, it just was not user friendly. I, won't, I won't name the location, no. but I, I, I know what it is. Yeah. So yeah. Talk about not meeting expectations. So, and it's interesting how, when we do customer service, anything around customer service, that is the language that's used, oh. like met expectations, yep. exceeded expectations. That's. Yeah. You know, we're always looking for people to exceed our expectations in business. So it's um, it's language that I think we're all familiar with. 
Yeah, and I think within within business, I you know, I think there's a, an awareness of it, but I don't think you can never do enough to train people in it. I, again, if we're we're the very danger is assuming that the people you work for or you work with understand you know the language and the expectations uh you you can never do enough to to make sure that they're on board and on the page with you i really like how you describe the process in kind of two phases very simply you know there's an internal phase the realize and analyze and then there's a external phase vocalize and synthesize yep but you quite rightly said you get to choose whether you go to that second phase. Oh, absolutely, and and it's a, and it's a, as Sandy alluded to earlier, that can be the hardest part. Yeah, and, mm. and and when I've you know coached people or counseled people on these things, they say you know Brian, I I've got through one and two. I I've now started to realize and analyze. I'm I'm starting to become more realistic about my my expectations but the hardest thing for me is then to you know bring the staff in or or to sit down with my partner or or you know to connect with that person and verbalize it and I I think in that point they just need some empathy and some encouragement to to take that bold step so you spoke about just on that piece you spoke about some myths around or misconceptions sorry around uh, expectations and and one was around raising and lowering. Yeah, uh, well, levels. yeah, what I you know I mean that that's the very common terminology and we used it earlier today setting low expectations. But unless there is a definite number, again, perhaps if it's a if it's a sales team and there's a certain financial figure, sure you can say you know we're here's the low end and here's the high end. But to just say to people you need to lower your expectations. That's that's really a meaningless term. You you need to have higher. You know, I hear many motivational speakers. I, I listen to them on uh, whether television, radio, in person, whatever, and they say, you know, you got to set higher expectations. I go, but that's still nebulous. Unless we, what I say to people is, you need to set realistic expectations, and that can be high. That can be very high if it's realistic. If you have the the resources to do that that's fine if you have the resources to then go for it but be realistic about it don't don't set when people say i'm going to double my income in a year or something like that okay if you're making five dollars ten dollars great but you know if you're making if you're making you know a hundred dollars and you want to make 20 you know twenty thousand that's a bigger leap so again let's let's learn to be realistic and and yet challenging there's nothing wrong with that but again it's it's way too simplistic to say raising and lowering i i know that's the common terminology and i'm used to it but when we get right into it it's more important that we get into the terminology like realistic and reasonable you also sometimes hear people say they don't have any expectation you know yeah. so you which have... is indeed an expectation right <laughs> Yeah. So true. yeah, yeah. I mean that that always, you know. I say, well, Brian, you know, when, when I've dealt with people, they go, well, Brian, I, I'm going to just not have any expectations. And I said, sure, yeah, come, let go ahead, uh, come, come back next week <laughs> and tell me how that, that worked. And, and and they they're not halfway out the door when they I can't do that. You're right. And it, the reality is, as as you know, when I uh, diagram it for them, 
there's so many expectations in your life between partner and and family and work and and can keep going government and next door neighbors it just it just keeps going by the time you know when i talk to companies or churches or whatever and we start listing everybody they they start to blow up in front of me <laughs> they start to explode going wow that's way too many expectations and i said do you see why you need to manage them because if you don't manage them they will get out of control Mm. And I think in terms of interpersonal relationships, I mean, I'm just looking at the book of your book, the back of your book, um, and quoting uh, your ability to manage expectations is central to building healthy relationships, both personal and professional. And I, I have some clients and even some friends who have some real upset in their lives around work and what they feel are unrealistic expectations and. Uh, I mean, it's not my place to agree or disagree with them, but I often ask, well, what do you want? You know, what do you expect? What do you want? Mm -hmm. But they just won't take that next step. And Mm -hmm. I just try and be as direct as I can and say, you can pretend you can decrease your expectations as much as you like, but this is going to be an ongoing pattern that's going to show up because it's still there. So if you don't like that your boss calls you at 10 o'clock at night, regularly oh yeah you can number one not answer the phone and number two have a conversation with them right or you can fear that you're going to get in trouble if you don't answer the phone and keep answering the phone and keep getting upset and etc etc so how have you found that people try and skirt that kind of piece and think oh it'll just go away yeah well i mean best uh best laid plans i mean best case scenario they're 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 just hoping that things will get better but again that's that that's an expectation you know they're hoping i'm using the language you can't get away from the language if i hope things will get better well why why would things get better if you haven't said i respect you but i turn off my phone at this time or i don't take business calls after this time or you know it it, what i often say with job descriptions is you know you get a a quarter page or half page or one page job description i say is that the real job description is your real job description three pages long but they just haven't told you the rest of it and uh so i you know i do think that people need to flesh those things out as well but it is there is the intimidation factor i certainly understand that the other side of these things is of course disappointment the second book i was i have been trying to write or was trying to write for a while was on disappointment it so depressed me i couldn't continue it for the time just because you know there it's dealing with disappointment is is a challenge because we face it all the time whether didn't get something we expected to to get in terms of a job or a relationship or even you know the team we were rooting for whatever Uh, and 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 the the question the fact is we're going to be disappointed the question is how am I going to manage that and not pretend everything's okay truly grieve properly grieve but manage the disappointment so that I can continue to function well in all areas of my life it that's become quite the conversation with uh, people in in uh, some of the work areas that I've been a part of where do your your expectations come from three places uh, and if they're not an agreed upon they either come from your background whether that was your culture the time you were raised or whatever so you know you grew up to have certain expectations and and it often affects uh, you where you where and when you grew up uh, 
your own personal desires that you know what you want to see happen that that formulates your expectations and thirdly the expert opinions you agree with so if you agree with you know <laughs> oprah winfrey dr oz you know someone you know whoever it is you is is are your experts your doctor um you know the prime minister or the president or whoever whoever you, that expert that sets your expectation so those three categories are really uh, mesh together to create our expectations the one that isn't in that mix of course is the agreement personal agreement with yourself interpersonal agreement with individual or group or whatever and and what my role in terms of helping people is to push people toward uh, that agreement and say you know once you make that agreement there's no, still no guarantee it's going to happen, but you 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 have you have the basis for that happening uh, far more than just assuming or hoping or wishing. That's great. It's been really good having Brian on the podcast, and Joanne, thank you as well. I really enjoy our conversation, and I know I have the benefit right now that once we end, I can keep the conversation going with Brian. Yeah. Could we ask Brian where listeners can buy the book? I will be in on our website and in our show notes and our email, so if people are on our newsletter, they get that as well. It's uh, available through his publisher, so I will put the information there for people so they can get the book through if they're interested, or and I'll put a link to Brian's website as well if, if anybody wants to have more of a conversation around expectations. So really good. It wasn't as painful as I thought it could be interviewing my <laughs> husband, so <laughs> I was expecting it would go well. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian. It's been great having you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hi Life Reframers, did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.